ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजल Titi, for those who don't know, is a Sanskrit word, which means the. Uh, well, what does it mean? It means the. It's called the lunar day. Yeah. The lunar day. It's a very, very big subject to understand. How the titi interacts with the solar day and all this kind of thing. Anyway, it's a very uh, auspicious day for an, an initiation ceremony. Initiation is auspicious in, it, in and of itself. If the uh, participants take it seriously, otherwise it's not auspicious. Later, after this class, there will be further. Speeches on the meaning of initiation, uh, but I'll just give a few introductory words in this regard. Uh, those who are taking initiation, there are some basic points they should understand. The, uh, the ten basic points which Altino Kako has elaborated. These are taken from Sri Madhvacharya and Sri Baladev Vidya Bhushan uh, with Bhaktivinoda Thakur's own contribution. The first point to be understood is that reality is to be understood through the Shastra as received in disciplic succession, Amnaya Praha Tatvam. And the first basic point is that Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, yeah, he is supreme. He possesses all power, Sarva Shaktim. So all the, uh, all theists would agree with this, would accept this. But the, uh, uh, by the way, these ten points, they are according to, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has presented. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has presented them as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has presented them. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's particular contribution is uh, understanding of Sri Krishna as Rasabdhim, an ocean of rasa, of uh, sweet, actually sometimes apparently not sweet, uh, flavors, yes. emotional flavors, we can say. That's a good definition. And the jiva is subordinate to him. Of course, this uh, within these axioms, there are other axioms included. 
For instance, the first one, Harim Eha Parama, that Hari is supreme, presupposes that there is a supreme. Amnaya Praha Tattvam, the Amnaya, the Veda speaks of reality or the subject to be understood. Well, that presupposes that there is a subject to be understood. Because some people say that, well, there is no reality, there is no supreme, there is no ultimate principle behind everything. Can anyone think of a verse from Bhagavad Gita in which Lord Krishna discusses this? Hmm? No. Asatyam apatishtamte jagadahuranishvaram. The demons, they say that there is no truth, there is no basis of anything, there is no controller of the universe. Yeah, shout it so all the demons can hear. And put it here, I think. This, this automatically connects this. Once the, does it need reconnecting? Hare Krishna. Again the power. Right? It's coming and going. Yeah, okay, yeah, it is it is reconnecting, right? So Yeah. The power is coming and going, the current. I guess they thought because it's hot like India they should make the power supply like India also. Those of you who have lived in India know what we're talking about. So the, we may have the amplification and broadcasting or not, but the discussion of Krishna will go on. We're not dependent on that. So Tadadhina uh, Sajiva, the, the fact that the Jiva is uh, dependent upon him, subordinate to him, presupposes that there are jivas. Darwinists don't accept that there are jivas. Followers of uh, Charles Darwin. Sri Charles Darwin. <laughs> so, uh, the jiva can exist in two states. Maya Kabalitan and in the clutches of Maya <laughs> or, or tadvi muktat, or released from him. And the chinta bheda bheda sakalam. Everything is inconceivably one with and different from Krishna. And sadhanam shuddhavaktim, the means to attain Krishna, is following the process of pure devotional service. And pritis sadhanam, the ultimate goal is to attain love of Krishna. So the, these ten basic points are to be understood by everyone who is taking initiation. If you don't believe some of these points, then don't take initiation. And if you do believe these ten points, then you should take initiation. Now today also uh, there are some candidates for Brahminical initiation. Uh, I've spoken at much length uh, in English in various lectures about uh, the meaning of what it means to be a Brahmin and especially Srila Prabhupada's vision of this. I'll uh, briefly summarize some of these points. It's quite a big topic. Now one thing is, it's, it's not necessary to take what Srila Prabhupada called Brahminical initiation. 
Hare Nama Hare Nama Hare Nama in this age of Kali, the only means of to attain the ultimate goal is to the only means, the only means, the only means to attain the ultimate goal is to chant the names of Hari, the names of Hari, the names of Hari. So if anyone thinks they're becoming better or more by taking Brahminical initiation, then they're not fit for Brahminical initiation. If you think you're getting something better or more important than Harinam, then you haven't understood and you shouldn't have even accepted first initiation for that matter. And definitely if someone thinks I'll take Brahman initiation then I'll be better recognized by all the devotees, this is not a devotional attitude at all. Once uh, in the days of Bhakti Siddhansasar Thakur, in the Goryamat, and one of the leaders organized that those who had taken diksha, or what we call Brahminical initiation, and those who had not, those who had only taken Harinam, they sit separately. But this answers or stopped this, saying that we shouldn't think that just because someone's taken Brahminical initiation that they're somewhat better. Within Varnashram society there are different roles, it is the old misunderstanding of perennial misunderstanding of Hinduism that one has to be a Brahmana to be a spiritually advanced. Mm, just, uh, just, uh, I was speaking about these great Brahmanas, Kumarala, Bhatta, Mandala, Mishra, and how even someone from a dog eater's family. Uh, much surpasses even great brahmanas if those dog eaters have faith in the holy name of Krishna. And in Bhagavad Gita also we find Lord Krishna state, Amang hiparata vyapashritya yepi syuf papa yoneha striyo vaishastata shudras tepi yanti paramgatim. Lord Krishna says that even persons of uh, sinful birth lower birth or sinful birth such as uh, women Vaishyas or Shudras if they take shelter in me Krishna says they can attain the highest destination Lord Krishna says whatever caste one may be uh, by, by performing his work according to his situation, he can attain full perfection. Actually, caste is an English word which seems to have entered into Russian. It's not the original Sanskrit word. It has various negative connotations. The Sanskrit word is varna, which means a social category. So it's not that uh, everyone has to be designated as a Brahmin. Within society, uh, all kinds of people are needed. Farmers and farriers and shearers and te well, teachers of Brahmanas and administrators, all kinds of people are needed. Yeah, you can give some examples. Farrier means someone who puts uh, shoes on horses. Shearer <coughs> means one who takes the wool from the man's body. So. These are traditional roles in society.
potters and barbers and uh, prostitutes uh, was there in every society, including in Dwaraka. And devotees, if you're already practicing, no need to become a prostitute. Not recommended. But anyway, the point is that there are all uh, different roles within society. And uh, Srila Prabhupada said that not everyone has to be brilliantly initiated. Those who uh, exhibit such qualities, they may be permanently initiated. But within Vaishnava society, everyone who serves Krishna sincerely is uh, a devotee. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, uh, no, where is that verse? Nicha jati nahe Krishna bhajai ajoga. Shatkul Brahman, Shatkul Vipra Nahe Bhajane Joga, Jay Bhajay Shaybara Abhakta Hinocha, Krishna Bhajane Nahik Jatkuladi Bicha. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that one in a lower birth, that is not a disqualification for worshipping Krishna. Nicha Jati, that means lower birth or lower occupation. Yeah, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that merely by dint of birth one born in a respectable Brahmana family is not eligible for bhakti. And whoever worships Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, is glorious. And non-devotees, he said, are all simply uh, low and rejectable. So in devotional service to Krishna the considerations of caste and social position, they are not applicable. So, yeah, it's not that everyone has to be brahminically initiated. Srila Prabhupada wanted to create a new class of brahmanas as uh, spiritual ideals to guide human society. Uh, so, actually, the standard should be very high. It's not just that everyone who's been initiated for six months or one year or two years should be automatically brahminically initiated. They should do Qualities of a Brahmin should be understood. They should be learned in Shastra. Jnana Vijnana Mastikyam. The qualities of a Brahmin are mentioned. Uh, understanding of Shastra, uh, sorry, knowledge of Shastra and realization of that knowledge. As Srila Prabhupada said, the, called the Brahmanas the intelligent class of them. So people who, you know, after 25 years they can still hardly remember even the basic songs, or they don't know any verses from Bhagavad Gita. There's no need for them to be Brahminical initiated. Let them chant Hare Krishna, do some service, and, and be happy. Not everyone's going to be a great scholar. Uh, actually even to know Shastra, that's to have some knowledge uh, we, we have no idea what it means to be a knower of Shastra probably the, the best pundits in India today they were like just normal Brahmanas of a few generations ago in Iskon today if someone knows five or ten verses devotees think they're Highly learned. <laughs> How many devotees here would not uh, 
but not faint in anxiety if they were told to stand up and recite ten Bhagavad Gita verses without looking at the Bhagavad Gita. Who's who's prepared? If I ask you to stand up and immediately say ten verses from Gita, who's ready? We have one two pandits. Nimai Pandit and Jagadish Pandit. <laughs> Castor tree pandits. Castor tree pandits. You can tell. Castor plant is a little bit high and it looks a little bit like a tree. It's like an overgrown weed. And where there's there's a saying, where there's no tree, a castor plant is considered a tree. Yeah, but the actual standard for a Brahman is their minimum knowledge is to learn at least one Veda. Which means first of all they have to know Sanskrit. And know it means they don't read a book and memorize it by hearing. They memorize. And they have to chant it exactly with the right pronunciation, in the right tone, with the right uh, matra, what's that called? Measure. Yeah, and then there's all they, they can recite. They can recite it uh, one syllable at a time, and then first syllable, second syllable, third syllable, second syllable, third syllable, fourth syllable, third syllable, fourth. What's that? Krama part, Ghana part, and they can recite it all different ways. That's minimum. Then you have Divedi, Trivedi, Chaturvedi. Those who know. Two Vedas, three Vedas, four Vedas. To study Vedanta Sutra, first of all, you have to study Nyaya, logic, and Mimamsa, hermeneutics. Nyaya, Mimamsa, logic, and hermeneutics is the. It means Shastric, the techniques of understanding Shastra are given in Mimamsa. Oh, I, I, of course, you should know all the Vedangas also. You should be trained in Vedangas, which is, uh, what is that? That's Vyakaran, uh, grammar, and Nirukti, meanings, then Jyotish is uh, astrology, Chanda is meter, and these, these are the six auxiliary parts of the Vedas. Kalpa, yeah, it's so to be the leaders of uh, human society, one should be very learned. One can study Prabhupada's books to get the essence of all of this. <coughs> so uh, I ask those who are to be Brahminically initiated by myself to have read all of Prabhupada's books or have to have taken a Bhakti Shastri course. And to have passed that. To have read them all at least once. Uh, of course, it's not necessarily, even by reading the books, doesn't necessarily mean you understand them. We find people who read the books and still they have gross misconceptions. Hey, Pujari, how about cutting that into little pieces? You know, instead of Gornitai having to pick up the whole thing yeah, and chew on it, cut it um, into pieces. It's like, you know, in civilized, in Brahminical culture, you don't pick up a whole loaf and start chewing it. You cut it into pieces. I saw yesterday one whole loaf, like go on the time, have to pick it up and pick up a whole loaf and start chewing on <laughs> So uh, actually, uh, Brahmana, there should be so much uh, culture also, so many points of culture to be understood. 
So we're giving Brahminical initiation, but actually I'd rather see a much higher standard. That uh, I give Brahminical initiation sometimes because it's like some social pressure, people expect that. Actually there should be a lot more training. Some endeavor is going on in that way, various courses. Srila Prabhupada is widely reputed to have said that the uh, the children or the grandchildren the grandchildren of my disciples they will light the fire of Vedic sacrifice by mantra. Anyone ready for that? I don't think so. That requires a very high level of expertise, purity and training. But we should start to move toward that level. Not that just uh, anyone who's been around for one year or ten years or twenty years uh, is just awarded Brahminical initiation. So don't think that if one is being Brahminically initiated that one is in a better position than those who are not. Those who have great faith in and taste for the holy name, they're in the best position. And again, of course, uh, taste for the holy name, that is uh, not necessarily that one is attracted to it as a musical feature, but one is attracted to the holy name, understanding that Krishna is his name. And those who are accepting a guru are, are entering into a very uh, deep commitment Recently a disciple from Russia wrote to me saying that, that she was feeling a lacking in the relationship between herself and myself. Which might not be surprising if you only see someone briefly once a year. Then it might not be surprising if you feel the relationship is not strong. So I wrote back and said, well, please uh, describe to me, write uh, describing what you understand the relationship between the guru and the disciple to be. What is the basis of that? What is its nature? I didn't get a reply yet to that. Um, We shouldn't think that the relationship is like some mundane relationship. It is... uh, the most basic definition of guru is a teacher. So I I get a little disturbed. I, I don't like it when people think they're all the time saying, give me your mercy, give me your mercy, give me your blessing. But what about give me your instruction? Give me your blessing means I'm already doing everything all right, so you just give your blessing. <laughs> blessing comes in the form of instruction. But are you prepared to follow that? Asking for blessing it is, uh, I'm already doing everything nicely, and uh, you, you don't need to tell me anything. But just give your blessing. I can whatever I'm doing, uh, you give your blessing. I'm enjoying my life, and you bless me. Emphasize the mystic role of the guru, but the role of a guru is a practical teacher. Instead of waiting to have some vision of light emanating from his nostrils, you should listen to what the Guru says and follow his instructions. It's a very sad situation when when the Guru, when the disciple is not prepared to follow the instruction. 
There are many disciples who, they're supposed to be disciples, but they don't want to follow the instruction. And I know that even if I tell them, you should rise early, for instance, they would not be happy to take such an instruction. They would not be prepared to follow that. So we go along with that. All right, whatever you're doing, do something. But that's not really the proper status of a disciple. Sometimes disciples, in anticipation of me telling something, which they don't want to do, they'll tell me in advance, don't tell me this. I'm not prepared to follow this, so don't tell me. Of course, Guru Maharaj said that to Narada. But then the sadhana that Narada took up, no one else can even imagine to do that. So, uh, if we think that we know better, what is better for us than our Guru does, then why have a Guru at all? You just give me your blessings and I'll go on with my life, you go on with your life and I'll be happy and you'll be happy. When disciples don't want to follow their Guru's instructions, they say, my Guru doesn't understand me. He, he understands you very well, you rascal. He has seen through all your hypocrisy. But you're such a hypocrite that you want to blame him for, for your not being spiritually advanced. You won't take his instruction to become spiritually advanced. So today is an auspicious day for initiation. So be initiated, not just as a formality, but uh, initiation is the first solid step on the path back to Godhead. It's joyful if we are prepared to follow. Otherwise it's lamentable. Alright, is there any question about this please? Yeah. Sit properly. Have you ever heard Prabhupada say that? Mm. If a disciple still not uh, fulfilled previous instructions received from Guru, should he inquire for new instructions? You say it again in Do you have any particular situation in mind? No. Alright. Well, yeah, obviously if one takes instructions, one should follow them. Srila Prabhupada once said that one... No, uh, let me say something else. There are different kinds of instructions. Uh, there are... Like this, sit properly. One may be habituated to sitting in an in a unusual manner. So that uh, the failure to sit properly is not going to be a major or that one is slow to follow that instruction, that's not going to be a major obstacle in one's spiritual advancement. There are gradations of instructions. Uh, at initiation we vow not to eat meat, not to, not to take amish, which means meat, fish, eggs, onion, garlic, meat, fish, eggs, garlic, onions, uh, not to take intoxication, not to gamble, and not to indulge in illicit sex. We don't uh, vow to sit properly. It's, it's an instruction not on the same level. It's an instruction of Srila Prabhupada. We hear it every time on the, on the uh, recording of Srila Prabhupada chanting Japa but it's not on the same level as don't eat meat. One disciple 
wrote to me that well at initiation I followed to follow these follow these four principles, but I didn't vow to uh, be serious. So I mean that's uh, that should be understood. We shouldn't think. Okay, somehow or other I'll avoid meat, fish, eggs, gambling, intoxication, illicit sex. Somehow or other I'll mumble something resembling 16 rounds of the Maha Mantra and that's enough. I don't need to follow anything else. We're, we have so many points to discuss. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Prema Sankirtan. This beautiful painting is here. So we'd much rather discuss topics of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Prema Sankirtan. But uh, praying, that's not just some emotional transformation of the mundane mind. That is the uh, fully blossomed state of a devotee who is completely surrendered to Krishna, who has no material attachments. Therefore, uh, Bhagavatam advises us to hear from sadhus who will cut away our material attachments. Tato du sangha utsrija. What is that? Tato du sangha utsrija sangha evasya chindanti manovya sangha mukti bihi. What's the second line? Tato du sangha utsrija. I can't remember the next line. Anyway, the purport is that uh, one should give up bad association knowing this, the nature of this material world to be so contaminating, one should give up bad association. Satsu, Sajjeta Buddhima. One should be intelligent enough to hear from saintly persons. And the uh, saintly persons, they certainly, definitely, what they do, they, with by their words, they cut away the mental attachments and contaminations. So, there's no preem if we are harboring material attachments. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.